Hey, I'm Johanna Wagstaff. And hi there, I'm Rohit Joseph. And we're asking for 10 minutes of your day to go through the 10 things that the UN recommends we can all do when it comes to climate change. Please don't leave. No. And also the things (laughs) aren't new. We are just wired to not do them. We promise you to help you figure out your brains and you and your people can make better choices to combat climate change. 10 Minutes to Save the Planet is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Before Orphan Black, before She-Hulk, before the Emmys and red carpets, Tatiana Maslany was just a kid obsessed with theater and acting growing up in Regina, Saskatchewan. Tatiana's here to talk about her new kids' movie, Butterfly Tale. But since with the actor's strike, she can't really talk about her most famous roles, we found her first role in a small film in Regina, and we play it for her. You're going to want to hear her reaction. That's coming up. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. All right, so I want to give you the plot of this new movie, uh, Butterfly Tale. Butterfly Tale is an animated movie about a bunch of Canadian butterflies who migrate south toward the promise of a better life and a warmer climate. And that could also be the story of Tatiana Maslany, who voices one of the main characters in the movie, a Jennifer, who's a monarch butterfly who is afraid of heights. That's important. That, that comes up. Tatiana grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan. She started acting in local theater. She later moved to Toronto and immersed herself in the improv scene. It was in Toronto where she played multiple roles on the show Orphan Black, which went from being a small Canadian show to defining her career, earned her a bunch of awards, including a primetime Emmy and five Canadian Screen Awards, all before heading to the warmer for her and butterflies United States and having huge success in films, TV shows, and Broadway plays. I caught up with Tatiana from L.A. to talk a little bit about the film. And you'll get to hear her get, uh, we ended up calling it Getting Nardward, meaning we find the footage and audio of the first film she was ever in when she was just a kid and we play it for her. She hasn't heard it since then, so you got to stick around for her reaction. And you'll also hear what's been going through her mind as one of the more outspoken actors that are part of the actor's strike that's currently ongoing. But we started out by talking about her voice. Here's my conversation with Tatiana Maslany. Um, congratulations on this. Uh, what? It's also nice to see you in a Canadian, very a very Canadian show. I mean, a very Canadian film. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mina Massoud is from Toronto, is one of your co-star mm-hmm. in this. Shawn Mendes uh, from Pickering, Ontario. Uh, Correct. Responsible for the for the theme song. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you in a big Canadian project. Yeah, and I feel like there's no Canadian accents being hidden in this project, oh. which is really sweet to hear. Yeah, I mean, I I love being part of a Canadian production. I'm always excited when that happens. What made you want to do this one? This one, I mean, for me, growing up, a lot of my sense of humor was built from cartoons and built, and a lot of my just sort of uh, the way I see the world as a kid was based on obviously cartoons were the big thing, and so tapping into that, like getting to be part of, I've I've always revered voice actors. I think that they're geniuses. I think that what they do is is way harder than it, it seems and way more kind of dexterous and athletic than it seems. So I was super excited to get to like test that out, try that out. I've heard you say that before. I mean, I was doing research for this. I read an interview you did around when you did the, the, the She-Hulk show that you said mm-hmm. something like that. You said like, I, I am I'm in reverence of, of voice actors. Mm-hmm no disrespect to voice actors, what, why? 
I mean, if you've ever watched these amazing like uh, videos on YouTube or whatever of like Billy West doing 16 voices. Hi, everybody. This is Doug Funny. Will you shut up, you fool? Yes, I shall kill you. Good news, everyone. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. And and you just think of like iconic voices from cartoons or from like growing up or whatever. There's just a lot more. There's a lot of skill that goes into it. I would think that you you are relieved of the need to uh, act with your face, act with your mm-hmm. hands, act with your motions. Uh, it, it might be a little bit easier than film or TV acting. You're saying that mm-hmm. there's there's a challenge there that we don't know about. For sure, there's like a technical challenge of not being able to use those um, indicators to relay what you're feeling or to counteract what you're feeling or to tell a different story than what your voice is saying. Um, So you have to uh, imbue the music of your voice with all of these subtleties and all, and, and this energy that is far higher than the the average adult (laughs) operates on. There's something I need to get off my chest. Oh, secrets. I afraid. Uh, I afraid. Uh, hi. Um, I'm happy we oh, get to hang out. I missed you. So how was it for you? How, how was how was the experience for you? It was great. I mean, it was super fun, and and I grew, grew into it. I felt like similarly to the character, I was sort of coming into what her voice is and finding her voice as we went through it. Um, and Sophie Roy was amazing. I think you say Roy. She's yeah. from Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But she uh, she was awesome. She's done so much and was like so diligent about finding all of these moments and making sure that they were very specific and. Um, yeah, like it's it's awesome to work with somebody who's that precise and doesn't just like let you get away with stuff. So it was it was a lot of work and it was really fun. You did you did find that challenge you were talking about though personally, like when you were in the booth with the microphone, you were like, okay, this is a very different style of acting. This is going to be. Oh yeah, for sure. And you don't have a scene partner, so uh, Mina oh. had like recorded everything, so I could work off of what he had recorded. But I'm not like playing with him. So a lot of it is, again, it's like tapping into a place of imagination that similar to when I do an audiobook or something where you're like kind of in this little zone and you have to create everything yourself. It's, it is like being a kid. Hey, ah! what, what are, are you doing? doing? Going, Going to, to find, find milkweed. <gasps> really? Uh, yeah. I just kind of wanted to try and make it up to everyone, you know? Yeah, me too. Okay, I, I think this is a compliment. I, I hope this is a compliment. I didn't know which character. I didn't know which character was you. Your voice didn't sound like Tatiana Maslany. I love to hear that. That's great. Was that intentional? Yeah, I hired another actor. To oh do voice. right. Oh. And then I just slapped my name. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gave them <laughs> gave them two hundred bucks, and you said, "Take it." Yeah, yeah. Take it, bud. Uh, we were we were doing research for you for this interview, and um, speaking of voiceovers, we noticed your very first acting credit ever was a, a voiceover. Take a listen to this. Most birds live on clouds. Clouds are made of water and air. Stratosphere, atmosphere, ionosphere, chamber, cumulus, cirrus. Uh, 
So how did you find <laughs> that? Do you want to, do you want to, yes, I want to know the process. Do you want to tell us what we just listened to? <laughs> so, I mean, I was a kid, so I don't think I even knew what was going on. And as you can hear, we're saying things that no child knows, <laughs> no child understands. It's a, it's a I movie. Was, it's a movie. It's a, it's like an experimental film called right? Subterranean Passage. Passage. Michael Crochetier directed it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's about. Go on. I don't know. I have no idea. I think I was like six when I did that. <laughs> but you and your brother are in that, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of kids from Regina are in that. I think my friend Ingrid Nilsson is that is in that. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of little little kids. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Is that your first time really working in like a, a film? I guess so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, for sure. First time on a film, like in a film, but it was just voiceover. I could see you getting really excited when you heard it. I saw your mouth kind of go. Well, I do like, I can't believe that you found it. Like, I can't believe that that exists in the world. I want to watch it. We'll send it, you to you. send it to me, we'll send please. It to you for yeah. Sure. <laughs> what do you remember about being that young? What do you remember about like wanting to act at that age? I mean, I remember first off loving being on stage because that was really where I like caught the bug. Was like doing young people's theater and community theater in in Regina, um, and getting to be like a bunch of kids on stage playing backstage and then you go on stage and everyone's clapping for you and you're you're you know speaking a little british accent and you're an orphan and annie you're all over you're always an orphan but um that like electricity of being in front of an audience was the biggest the biggest thing for me and yeah it just it it i i don't even know that i have like a strong like intellectual idea around why i was so drawn to it but it just was like, yeah, it was addictive. It was like so much fun. And getting to play characters was so much fun. I understand that there's no um, intellectual um, there's no intellectual explanation for why you wanted to be an actor. But it is interesting to me that both you and your brother were, were drawn mm -hmm. that way. Your, your brother, Daniel, for people who don't know, has, you know, he, he's on Murdoch Mysteries. He's in the new Elliot Page film, Close to You. Like, what what what's what's going on in in the water at the Mislani household? Um, I just I think a lot of support for whatever like weird shit we wanted to do. So you know whatever Daniel and I I think both were drawn to performing, and Michael my my youngest brother too for for a time he was performing and now he's an animator and he works more than anybody I know. But we were all drawn to the arts somehow I think because none of us were athletic. So that was not a thing that we needed to <laughs> to deal with, thankfully. But we all loved being on stage and we all loved, we would make movies at home. My parents like would rent a, one of those enormous VHS um, uh, camcorders, like the, yeah. like yeah. those every weekend. And they were filming us when we were kids, but then that became a thing that we got to do. And our parents would get like a little terrible, you know, camcorder. And we would try to figure out all the ways that we could make animation with it, or we could make claymation with it, or we could 
do effects or whatever. We were just, I don't know. There's a, and, and I meet people now who I'm like, oh yeah, me and my brothers used to make movies when we were kids. And they're like, oh yeah, me too. And then we show each other these movies and it's like this, it's like this weird little subculture of kids who did that. Why were your parents so supportive of, of that? I mean, I don't know. I th- they were huge. They they always took us to theater and they were always like encouraging of us being part of that community just as audience members. So I think they valued it and and had friends who were in the community or I think they just I don't know, they just really saw that it lit us up and it was probably better than them having to be forced to watch us do plays at home if they could send us out <laughs> out of the house. But it was but that it was, was also probably part of But it. it was also better for you to have I mean this goes without saying it's better to have parents who are The reason I ask is because a lot of the times when I talk to to actors their parents were nervous about them or they were worried about them um it must have been meaningful for you and your brother to have that kind of support. For sure. And I mean, I think when it became like a career, they were like, is this something you want to do? Because I don't think coming from Saskatchewan, there's any sense of like acting could be the thing you do for the rest of your life. The, you know, the industry's tough there. And there was like for a long time, there wasn't funding for it. Um, so I think that that became a bit of an issue. But as, as soon as they saw that there was no other option, <laughs> you know, for us, that this was all that we love to do. They, they were very supportive of it. So that's the voice of Regina Saskatchewan's own Tatiana Maslany talking about the different styles of acting she had to take on in the voice booth for the new Canadian film Butterfly Tale and what it was like pursuing acting growing up in Regina, Saskatchewan, far away from Toronto or Vancouver. It's an interesting time to talk to Tatiana because even though she's one of the most celebrated Hollywood actors of the last 10 years, we couldn't talk about any of the roles that made her famous. That's due to the ongoing actor strike in the U.S., something Tatiana was very eager to talk about, having been out on the picket lines for months now. So that's where our conversation picks up. It's been complicated in in a lot of ways. It's devastating what it's been doing to actors. Um, And that has been that's been pre-strike. I mean, I've seen I've witnessed the degradation of the um, respect for actors happening um, pre-COVID. Like it's just everything has like come to the surface, whether it's, um, you know, people close to me losing their health benefits because they can't make the minimums, which is absurd because the minimums are like $26,000 a year. Um, And I would say that uh, what's been very bolstering is going to the picket and feeling that sense of community that you don't often get, especially now that we've been taken out of doing auditions in, in person. So to be there on the picket, feeling the energy of people who are demanding better wages, better working conditions, safety, all of this is like very bolstering. And I would say in Canada, as this SAG strike is going on, there has been uh, an, a commercial actors lockout. And basically what it is, is that um, certain a certain sect of the advertising companies have uh, locked out union actra workers from um, commercial work. 
So they're only they're only using non-union actors, which means that they don't have to pay fair wages, they don't have to pay retirement, they don't have to pay any of these health benefits. They get they get away with a lot. And it means that most like 9,000 members don't have the work that used to sustain them. They they don't have they can't pay rent, you know, they they can't feed their families, they're losing their houses. It's like a really big deal and they've been locked out for over 500 days. Um, and, you know, as the, the SAG strike is getting all of this, uh, steam and, and has this, like this immense labor power behind it. Um, we're in Canada, we're experiencing our own labor crisis and it's, it's not getting as much, um, coverage, you know, and this, these are actors who aren't necessarily like the highest paid, biggest names, biggest celebrities, biggest names. Yeah. Correct. But they're like working actors who have used uh, who have used commercials. And most of us have done this at some point because commercials are a great way to <laughs> make a living. Yeah. You know, if you're a theater actor, if you're an improviser, if you're a comedian, if you're a voiceover artist, all of these things are often, you know, commercials are are the main means, the primary means of of money. Given the work that you're doing right now, and you're doing, you know, this this Canadian uh, uh, film we were just talking about, but, you know, also also podcasts and also ways that have been able to sort of circumvent the traditional um, um, hierarchical studio system. Like, do you mm-hmm. see a path for yourself or for actors in general, but 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 for yourself, where maybe the future might involve circumventing some of the people who hold all this power? Absolutely. And I think the power systems that are in place that uh, that uphold the those those hierarchies need to be also circumvented because even when you're working on something that um, by all accounts, you know, whether it's female led or something like that, um, the press release is a certain thing. But then you when you're inside of that system, there's still that hierarchy of power. You know, creating art isn't about who has power over who. You know, it's about collaboration. It's about communication. It's about changing minds. It's about challenging people. And you can't do that when you're, you know, kowtowing to what somebody wants you to do or be. And, and that person is looking at zeros on a spreadsheet sorry to swear but like you know zeros on a spreadsheet like that's that's not that's not how art happens you know and we see it with like the ai stuff where they're like oh we can just own your likeness and make you do whatever we want (laughs) it's like it's like such a little microcosm of what they think has that been brought has that been brought up to you personally i mean you know there i have been part of something where i was scanned every day Every single day, my image was scanned for for various reasons, um, because obviously I was playing like a, a CG character. Right. But that's a lot of info that they have, you know. And and if we don't get these protections, background actors are going to lose their jobs, which means that um, third ads are going to lose their jobs who who wrangle the background you know all of the costumers all of these people are going to lose their jobs we'll be right back 
Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. Give me, to tell me a story about, before we go, tell me a story about something um, on the, on the picket line that's been um, either or motivating or, or, or memorable or something you've noticed. Well, I think what's, what's, what's been so amazing is like we did have not just, you know, it's not just actors and dancers and singers who are out there and writers. Um, but we did have like nurses union people show up and, and in solidarity. And we've had IATSE members show up in solidarity without, you know, even being um, at the table themselves right now, they're showing up for us. And, and also it's like, it's it's background actors to the highest paid actors who are coming together. That is not something that the system wants. It's not something that happens on set. You know, like we're all kept separately and all of that stuff is like very, <laughs> it's like a, 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 it's a system thing that keeps things running the way that they want it to. So for us to like destroy that and all be together, it's just... Yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you talking to me a little bit about the strike. I really appreciate you talking to me about Butterfly Tale. I really appreciate you letting me nardwar you a little bit with that. With that, uh, I felt like nardwar there. Exactly. Yeah. Do 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 do. do. <laughs> can I plug one thing before um, before we go? Listen, you you can do whatever you want. It will if people want to know more about this commercial actors lockout okay. and ways that they can help or be be in solidarity yep. um, following RCAP Organize on Instagram mm-hmm. or RCAPOrganize.com to get all the uh, information just because it is I mean these are some of my closest friends who are fighting for this and so yeah I'd like to, to plug that My conversation with the actor Tatiana Maslany, her new film Butterfly Tale is in theaters now. All right, that's it for uh, the show today. This is a little, you know, I don't know if you know this, but this this part you're hearing right now doesn't get on the radio version of the show. This is the podcast only, We got what we call the podcast only extra. And it's where I'm here to tell you about the other episode we have up on your uh, on your feed today, which is a bit of a best of. And I know a best of. I know you're a smart media consumer, and you know that a best of means a repeat. But in this case, um, it, it really is one of the best of, if for no other reason than Alanis Morissette, one of the most successful musicians ever, in terms of like commercial success, who happens to be Canadian, by the way. In addition to talking about You Ought to Know and Jagged Little Pill and about the, the musical... Um, based on her songs. Um, She answers the question, what happens when we die? Worth checking out the podcast if just for, for the answer to that. All right, that's it for me. See you soon. Later on. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.